This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Now return you to the Jody Mac Show, already in progress. Here's Jody Mac. Hanging with you on CBS Sports Radio. Still got uh, 40 minutes to uh, make the most of here. All things NFL. I'll get the phones reopened in about 15 minutes. Uh, but until then, I do want to talk about all things NFL with my next guest. I'm going to start with the team that he covers on a day-in-day-out basis, but he also has his eye on the league across the board. He has for decades, as a matter of fact. Always my pleasure when Howard Balzer can join me here on CBS Sports Radio. First things first, Howard, did you, as I requested, pass my congratulations on to your son uh, uh, for his <laughs> nuptials this weekend? I definitely did, and he was very uh, very honored by that. So, uh, yeah, yes, I did pass it on, although I, I quite honestly, as, as often happens with these affairs, don't have much time to talk uh, during, uh, during the evening, but it was, it was a great evening and uh, great, uh, great moments. That's great to hear. Uh, I tried to get Howard on my show Friday night. He said, Jody, I would, except my son's getting married tonight. So I said, okay, never mind. And then we got him on today, so uh, much the same. Uh, and congratulations to him. Uh, I have a question for you. Where the heck did Chris Strebler come from? <laughs> very, very good question. He uh, had a pretty productive career in the Canadian Football League, went to South Dakota, and was a pretty good college player. Uh, didn't go to the NFL, of course. Went to Winnipeg, played there for a few years. In fact, helped Winnipeg win a Grey Cup championship last season. And the Cardinals brought him in in the offseason, like what they had seen of him, and brought him in kind of to compete as, you know, as a backup and, and see, see what he had. It surprised a lot of people, quite honestly, that at the beginning of the season, he was named the number two quarterback instead of Brett Hundley behind Kyler Murray. After all, Hundley came off the bench last year 
when Murray got banged up in a game against Seattle and helped them win a game. And so, yes, there was surprise about Streveler. And sure enough, of course, he was the backup today. Kyler Murray gets hurt at the end of the first possession. And what shocked me, Jody, was that obviously he was going to play because they've said they believed in him all along. But the thing he did well in Canada was be mobile, roll out, move on the run, and run the football. And yet that was hardly part of the plan when he went in. I counted one rollout that resulted in a 12-yard completion and one design run that resulted in a 12-yard run. But aside from that, we didn't see it at all. And that, that kind of was a head-scratcher. And in fact, I'm just finishing up the story now for the website where I uh, point those things out. And by the way, he was asked after the game, any regrets not making Brett Hundley the backup, uh, at least for today's game, uh, knowing that Kyler Murray, or at least having him active, knowing that Kyler Murray was coming in a little injured from last week. And Kingsbury, who's often a man of few words with the media, said succinctly, not at all. Okay. He's, he's, he went going down with a ship. I don't mind a, a coach who does that, but the ship did sink, and he was the guy who got him. Uh, he ran into the iceberg. Uh, and you're right. They didn't use much run. Wolford, the, the Ram quarterback, who, oh, by the way, they didn't do much on offense either. At least he did some things outside of the pocket. You knew that was going to be the way they did it, and they were prepared for it. And he did more than the Cardinal fill-in quarterback did. Uh, but I got to ask you about Murray because he starts, then they pull him out or he pulls himself out. Maybe you know better than I. Uh, please give me details. Then he, after half, goes back in, but then pulls himself out again at the end of the game. And I know it was a long shot at best, but I, I was wondering who was making the decision on whether he can or can't play, what the injury was, how serious the injury was. Did they tell him how serious the injury was? Um, what was the information that you were able to get out of the coach or anyone else after the game as to how it was determined when Murray was or wasn't playing? Uh, all indications are it was it wasn't it, it was they characterized it as a bad injury. Now I don't think it was really bad, but obviously he was having time having a hard time moving around. He made several trips back and forth to the locker room during the game, and I'm sure it was felt that. He just wasn't. He just wasn't feeling right. Near the end, of the, he came in at near the beginning of the fourth quarter. At that point, they were down two scores, and I'm sure a little bit of it was desperation, figuring they needed a little spark. The doctors felt that he couldn't do any more damage, but obviously it would affect him. And that's another thing about some of the plays. Uh, there, there were a couple times where the Rams drove drove kind of into Rams territory, and then on one they got to the six yard line. And they, there, was a, there was a run called for him, which I thought was kind of bizarre, and it lost four yards. Then on, the, on, a, on their basically final drive, where they had a chance to cut it to a one-score game, it was, a, it was third and 18, so what are the chances there? But they ran this crazy, he starts to run to his left, like the old uh, wishbone offense. He runs to his left and then flips it behind him to chase Edmonds. Nobody was fooled, and that lost three yards. So there were some bizarre play calls there. But when he came out, Jody, it was the game was over. They were on their own 13-yard line with 19 seconds left in the game and down okay. two scores. So, so there was no point in putting him in at, at that juncture uh, because obviously they weren't going to come back from that. But he did spark them and, put, like I said, put them into position where if they could have gotten a score, 
they're right back in the game. And then on top of everything, they had a field goal attempt that was blocked after that one drive I talked about that got to the six-yard line. That would have made it a one-hour game, but the field goal was blocked. It looked to me like the guy who blocked it was lined up illegally a little too close to the long snapper on that. You have to have a certain amount of space there. You can't be over. He wasn't over the long snapper, but he looked a little close, but there was no flag. He, the guy jumped up, blocked the field goal, and that was a, that essentially uh, did it. The other thing, they had fourth and 21. Granted, long odds you're going to make that. It was fourth and 21, little, four and a half minutes to go in the game, and the Cardinals only had one timeout left at that point, and they punted. Now, what are, what, what are the odds there? All right. what, what, the odds are pretty long on either one that you're going to get two more possessions at that point if you punt. I would say, hey, miracles. We saw, we saw DeAndre Hopkins pull off a miracle. So I would say it was probably maybe a little better chance that you might be able to convert a fourth and 21 than to get the ball back twice. And as it turned out, they got it back once, but as I noted, on their own 13 with 19 seconds left in the game. You can go back to either one of two spots for me, either after the Seattle win and Seattle had gotten off to the great start and they rally and they take the game in overtime to get to five and two. Or if you want to go to the DeAndre Hopkins, unbelievable uh, Hail Mary catch and play, they got to six and three. To end up eight and eight after being five and two after a big win against a divisional opponent or beating Buffalo, one of the best teams in the National Football League, uh, when we get to the end of the regular season, to only finish up eight and eight, that's got to be disappointing. Are there any big changes in store for Arizona because the bottom fell out of the season? It's a great question. I don't. I think knee jerk is not a good way of looking at it. You need some time to pass. And it's funny, it sounds like you're almost inside my computer reading what I was just writing. <laughs> Smart I minds think alike, Howard. Because I pointed out that if a lot of the current critics are people that before the season were saying, hey, if this team shows some improvement, it would, it would be nice if they could be 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7. and seven. Well, of course, 9-7 and seven gets them in the playoffs, and who would have known that at the time? But most people thought this was basically an 8-8 eight eight team. But like you said, Five and two after the win over Seattle, tied for first place in the division, six and three after the Buffalo win. So they're three and six and two and five since those benchmarks. And even more concerning is that in three of the last four losses, they didn't even reach 20 points in the game. And the offense just found ways to hurt themselves. I mean, today they had 214 yards. And granted, they didn't have Murray in there for most of the game, but that was a season low. And if it wasn't for 28 yards on that last possession I mentioned where they got the ball on their own 13-yard line, they would have been under 200 for the game. So they've got a lot of work to do. There's a lot of things. Now, remember, they didn't have Larry Fitzgerald. They didn't have Christian Kirk, who tested, uh, well, I don't know if he tested positive or not, but he went on reserve COVID list yesterday. But, of course, we know the Rams were playing without their quarterback, without a running back, without Cooper Cup. They didn't score an offensive touchdown. The difference in this game was nine points the Rams scored on an interception return, a pick six, and a safety when there was a holding penalty in the end zone. So it wasn't like the Rams were very good today, but the Rams were, I mean, the Cardinals were worse. Who was very good today? And I know you, you probably watched a bunch of games at 1 o'clock and then zeroed in on the uh, Cardinals and the Rams in the late game, but you saw a bunch in the 1 o'clock and I'm sure a highlight since. Was there anybody who wowed you who you said, 
well, all right, we knew they were going to be in the playoffs, but, damn, they look like they can do something in the playoffs when they get there. You know, it's interesting because most of the teams that had something to play for weren't playing really good teams. And, you know, you know t- t- Tennessee struggled against Houston, obviously, and a wild game that was. But Baltimore beat Cincinnati. And, I mean, you know, most of these teams did what they were supposed to. Miami, of course, gets bounced out because they, they didn't. Uh, who knows? Maybe they thought Buffalo was going to lay down for this game. I don't know, but they just got it handed to them. That, but that was the of all those teams playing for a playoff spot. That was the team that was playing the best team, and and they lost and they lost big time. So when you like you said, when you look at all these games, I, not that anybody jumped out at me because I I believe Jody, this is a wide open postseason, perhaps in both conferences. And I think you can make a case for a, a, a bunch of these, especially with three wild cards. You can make a case for several of these wild cards winning some games and perhaps getting to the uh, conference championship because I think it's that well balanced in both conferences this year. Well, let me ask you about the one team that actually did kind of open my eyes today, and they did it last week, and then they confirmed it this week for me because I'd gotten off them. Brady had a period during the year where he just. Wasn't throwing the ball downfield. Everything was dink and dunk. He was still completing a good percentage of his passes, but he wasn't making any stretch plays or down the field plays. But the last couple of weeks, he's come back and reestablished that as part of his game. And he's doing it with Antonio Brown, which I thought was a mistake of a signing. But to this point, he's caused no issues and he's playing really well for him. People question the relationship between he and Arians. But they just go out and score 35 points every single week. Uh, was that overstated? Am I overstating it? Was I listening to the wrong people that it looked like maybe Brady couldn't sling it the way that he used to? Because he sure has the last couple of weeks for me. And I think Tampa is a viable threat when they get to the playoffs. I agree 100%. And I was with you in wondering how this relationship was going to work. Was the, was, was, was the offense tailored for be able to take advantage of those weapons they have downfield, like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, and now they add Antonio Brown, like you said, and he's showing, yeah, he can get the ball to those guys. So maybe all that time in New England, the whole issue wasn't that he couldn't do it. It was that they didn't have the players to do it with. And, and now when you have multiple guys like that, defenses can't cover everybody. And there, I'm sure there's probably nobody better in the NFL history, or certainly now with, with the experience he has of finding that guy to be open. So they are a dangerous team. There's no question. And I think next week will be interesting in terms of which team are they playing? Are they playing the Giants or Washington? What will the weather be like? Now, granted, I mean, that should be a mismatch. But what will the weather be like in those cities next week? Could that have an impact? So I think that game might be a little tougher than people think, but can't buy that one. And certainly there's a lot of other good teams in the NFC, but no, I don't, I don't think it would be surprising for them to beat any of them. If they play Green Bay, oh, guess what? It's got to be in Lambeau Field. Uh, but only in Seattle, I think they're, they're, there's, they're, there's going to be some really intriguing games in, in, uh, with Tampa in those, in those the conference, but also certainly in the AFC, especially with some of the rematches that uh, we're going to see because, uh, you know, Cleveland and Pittsburgh again, uh, the Rams are playing Seattle again, so that's going to be a fun weekend. You know, they always say that wild card weekend is the best weekend in sports. Well, now you got six games yeah. instead of four. I mean, I think we're all going to be bleary-eyed by next Sunday night at this time. 
by we get the time we get to late Sunday agreed. All right, last thing since you went there on Lambeau Field, yes, that's where the NFC Championship game could end up. They give out the MVP for the regular season, not what you do in the postseason. I said I thought Rodgers put it away today. I thought he was in the lead before the day. Mahomes didn't even play. I know Derrick Henry had a huge day, but I'm sorry. I think there are a couple of quarterbacks that deserve uh, acknowledgement above him. I mentioned them both. Is Rodgers the favorite? Is he a lock? Is he a runaway? Or am I on the wrong ship here, betting uh, back on the wrong horse? Who do you think is the MVP of the league? No, I, I think it probably will be Rodgers. I think it, I'll say favorite. You never know because, and as I've always said about awards, Jody, sometimes we, we look at them as like there's a science to it and it's a gospel, whoever wins. But it's the opinion of a bunch of guys like me that watch the game a lot, watch closely, and then end up voting for whoever we feel individually is the guy, and then they add up all the votes. And I am a voter. It's only one of 50 that vote on that for the Associated Press. And I'm leaning towards Rogers. I think Josh Allen deserves consideration. It's been pretty phenomenal what he's done this year and putting Buffalo back in the playoffs. And, and I don't know how many guys, Jody, will look at this and say, Rogers is obviously deserving. He's won before. You expect this from Aaron Rodgers. And we see that a lot of times with the coach of the year. The coach of the year often is a guy that where the team won that you weren't expecting it. So I wonder if Josh Allen might get, I think he's going to get some votes to win. I don't think so. I think Rodgers will win, but I think, I think, and Mahomes is going to get some votes too. So it'll be very interesting to see how it all plays out in terms of the number of votes for all these guys. When is your MVP vote due this week? Yes, due on Tuesday. In fact, two days by noon Eastern time for all of the awards and the All-Pro team and all the things that the Associated Press uh, hands out. Well, I didn't ask you to give me your vote, but you gave me a leaning, and that's the most I could ask for. And you gave me the other great info as well. Always a pleasure, Howard, again. Congrats to your son. If you got more time to say congrats from his pals back on the East Coast, please do so this week. And uh, we'll talk sometime during the playoffs, bud, okay? Sounds good, man. Always enjoy coming on with you. Take care. He is Howard Balzer from SI.com's Cardinals site and Jose Hall of Fame show on Sirius XM's NFL channel. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 